صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Nice. I'm going okay. Uh, no complaints other than we've gone into COVID. But what's going on over in Palestine and Gaza is uh, just nothing to, com- to even compare it to with. How, how about you? Yeah, the same, Rob. I mean, we're back into lockdown. But again, we're so blessed to be in Australia and away from the devastation of the ongoing ethnic cleansing throughout Palestine, but in particular, our brothers and sisters in Gaza who are suffering into their 15th year now of the most inhumane and cruel siege that Israel can perpetuate after their most recent mowing of the lawn in Gaza that finished, you know, now just over a week ago. That mowing of the lawns, just we should, we should say too, Nasser, no, it's something that the Israelis actually coined. That, that was their terminology. The mowing of the lawns. That's right. It's their terminology to say every now and again they need to go into Gaza and mow the lawn just to keep the weeds down, which is when when they refer to Palestinians, what they're talking about. And it's no surprise why Israel has become so fascist when their leaders refer to Palestinians as weeds. We're very fortunate to be to be joined today by a Palestinian journalist, Wafat. She is joining us from Gaza. She's a journalist and an activist. Good morning from Melbourne. Good afternoon, evening in Palestine. Hi, Wafat. How are you doing? Yeah. Hello. Good afternoon from uh, Gaza. And thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure, Wafat. Why don't you tell us about this most recent assault on Gaza, what it was like for you and your family? How are things there? Yeah. You know, like uh, things under occupation, actually, it's not uh, that good and not that fine like every single moment you are just subjected to be killed to be murdered to be injured or to have your home destroyed by the occupation and even um, you know like uh, many many things uh, are happening here around because uh, like bad things actually because of the occupation so and and you know like uh, we just survived uh, a deadly aggression on the Palestinian here in, in the Gaza Strip. And yeah, we, we were just still alive, but what is happening on the ground actually, it's really so devastating and everything here is uh, destroyed. Like I, I, you know, like I'm, I'm a journalist and these days like I'm overwhelmed by reporting and filming some of the, these, uh, uh, some of the destructions and uh, interviewing some of those people who get their, uh, loved one massacred by the occupation. So it's really so much pain, so much suffering around here and in, in every home here in Gaza. But the, the thing actually that is so inspiring here is you can just find like the, the people are, uh, you know, like they just uh, like life and the, they, they just go on, keep going. Like, you know, they have their own... Uh, livelihood source got destroyed because of the occupation war plans but they just keep going and uh, you know like 
they create another uh, opportunity and they need you know to, to feed their families so they just create another uh, chance they like uh, challenge the uh, uh, like the obstacles they challenge challenge the their condition here under occupation and they just keep going in this life but it's really here uh, like what happened or what we, we have witnessed during the past few days actually it's really um, we can just say what happened is, uh, is genocide or massacre or we can say ethnic cleansing to Palestinians here in Gaza and it's not a new thing for for the occupation like you know we just survived the uh, over than four aggressions on, on, on the people here, uh, you know, from the occupation. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's really... Um, We've seen on social media just how inspirational the Palestinians in Gaza are. The campaign, we're going to rebuild. Yeah, of course. Tell us about this. Yeah, you know, like after uh, yeah, a ceasefire agreement uh, uh, signed by the occupation from between the occupation and the resistance here in Gaza and brokered by Egypt, actually, um, you know, like uh, people here just uh, return to their normal life and the many, many initiatives, many, many campaigns, uh, you know, like uh, were uh, taken, uh, I mean, um, we're held here on the ground and actually they, they just every day they hold the campaigns like uh, for example they uh, a campaign to to help uh, the municipalities member to uh, to clean what the occupation destroyed I mean like we, we have so many uh, destructions here across the Gaza Strip so like so many youth like tens of thousands you can say uh, you can just uh, say, see them, they talk the streets and help those workers to clean their, their city that they consider it as a so beautiful city and as a, uh, so beautiful areas. And then the occupation just, uh, uh, you know, like killed this beauty. So they help those workers in order to clean uh, their streets, their houses. And I mean, like uh, not not only this thing, also there are other campaigns um, to help um, to help, for example, the children uh, to cheer them up because you know that we have Eid uh, al-Fitr, which is a happy occasion for Muslims and for Palestinians here and for Muslims all over the world. But Palestinians here, especially in Gaza, they didn't celebrate it because uh, we were under uh, aggression by the occupation. So, uh, so many campaigns also to cheer the, the children up. And, uh, you know, like we saw so many clowns, so many, um, you know, like uh, teams, I mean, uh, bands, they just uh, helped uh, dance and uh, uh, distribute the sweets and this stuff in order to cheer up the children. And actually, there are so many, so many campaigns here. Like, you know, you just look into those uh, thousands of youth who just uh, help and say that they want to rebuild their homes. They, they're, uh, they're destroyed. Um, and they're destroyed homes uh, by their own, by themselves. So you feel that, yeah, those people really deserve to, to live or deserve this life, you know. Because, uh, like in the in the ministry media, they just uh, try to show the Palestinians as terrorists and as people that they cause uh, 
this to themselves. But what, what is what we see here in the ground that actually it's really so different. And then I'm inviting all of the journalists, uh, journalists who are working with the ministry media to see by themselves, to come here and see by themselves how the people here in Gaza, they, they just like to... Um, to, to keep going in this life. They like to live, to live in a peaceful life, in a decent life, but the occupation actually deprived them from this uh, life. And actually they challenge all of the difficulties in Arthur, order tell, to tell survive. Me, tell me this, because you yeah. speak to so many other families and you speak to victims and, and civilians and other yeah. journalists. How do you yeah. cope with your family, your bubble? You're so optimistic. Yeah. I know a lot of Palestinians use humour to get through things. How do you survive? Yeah, yeah like, uh, let's just start, for example, um, I'm going to talk my, about my own experience. You know, I'm a mother of three children, and it's really so hard uh, so hard for me to cope up with uh, this uh, bombing. Like, we, we, we just hear uh, every single moment explosion, and it's not explosion. I've got an eight-year-old who is a very strong child that all of a sudden yeah. has been having issues at night where I have to sit in a chair while she goes to sleep. And I'm in a place that's very, very safe. We have no, nothing to be worried about other than maybe yeah. a TV show that I, I shouldn't have let her to watch. And I can see the terror in her eyes when she wakes up, just needing to know that I'm there and she's okay. How do you cope with the, your children? How do you rest assured that everything's going to be okay? How do you stop them from not being able to yeah. sleep at night or waking up with panic attacks? What What do you do? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, like, it's, yeah, it's really heartbreaking. And so it's not easy at all. It's not uh, an easy thing at all, actually. It's really so hard. And I like uh, I have three children. Like the youngest is only one year and half. The the eldest one is only seven years. So all of them, you know, just uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, kids here. And then yeah, like, really, whenever we hear the explosion, I tried at the very beginning. I told them, yeah, there is like firework outside. They are just celebrating. Greed. Hey, let's celebrate! And you know, just I lied at them. But really, <laughs> you know, like I whenever I tried to hide my fear, you know, like yeah, I'm a human being and I fear sometimes. You know, it's kids not aren't silly thing. either, are they? But uh, when kids I aren't whenever. Silly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I tried to tell them that there is firework outside, but uh, like at the very beginning, they, yeah, they believed me, but not that, you know, that much. I mean, even like the, the youngest one, which uh, who is like only one year and a half, she actually, she don't, she doesn't, she didn't believe me at all. And all of the time, she just keep uh, crying whenever she hears mm. massive explosion. And she just, I feel like she, she was trembling, you know, like her heart's beating so, so fast. And it's really, it's really so bad for me, like to, to see my children this way. And I'm sure that every one mother, like across the Gaza Strip are the same. I know like so many of my neighbors here, um, you know, like uh, they, they found, find actually, uh, they they dramatized enough. I mean, their children, uh, some of them, uh, you know, like uh, they they didn't they didn't speak. I mean, uh, even uh, some of them, you can find them them that they they lost uh, some of. I mean, they, they don't concentrate. They all of the time you can just feel uh, see them that they are just uh, waiting for something to happen. And uh, 
whenever like uh, for example if the door is closed or if there is like uh, somebody who is doing uh, like uh, something i mean something that that sound like explosion yeah. uh, actually uh Yeah, so, so they feel, feel afraid so much from this thing, from from just from just uh, tiny things. Uh, they just feel afraid, and it's not any. Uh, I mean, I I, I also um, one of the people that I I I, I watch in the videos. Uh, like uh, there is like a, a just a um, uh, little kid who is only one year and a half, I guess. So um, I think he just uh, keeps uh, his eyes uh, open and uh, looking around without hearing or what or seeing anything from uh, you know like uh, there is no no contact at all between him and other people uh, mm -hmm. around him. So uh, he lost. Uh, I, I think uh, it, it's really so heartbreaking to see such kid. You know like. Uh, lost all of these uh, things and and you know like so many 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 children indeed but uh yeah but uh, at the end you know like they survived and but i'm sure that they are dramatized enough from this uh, brutality uh, from the occupation and uh, just just uh, like a few few hours ago i was i went to uh, to a house um, uh, you know like uh, there is a slain child her name is Dima Asaliya she is only 10 years old I mean they they got she got massacred by the Israeli occupation they just targeted her yeah just targeted her while she was only standing in front of her home she was she, her mother like asked her to go and bring something from their neighbor's home and while she was walking like just just very very few meters from her home to her neighbor and and the neighbor actually is just so crowded with with people so crowded with the with buildings uh, and then they just targeted her with uh, an israeli missile Uh, only for uh, you know, like they just bombed her with this thing, and she got massacred. You can just see yeah. her, her body shattered. Uh, across we, there. We, yeah, we should yeah, mention really, that these—it's really the, so the, bad. The precision yeah. uh, missiles too. The Israelis yeah. have precision missiles. They don't miss. They know exactly what they're hitting. I mean, they've got some of the best artillery that the world's ever yeah. seen. And so, all of these places, like the um, the the reporter building, the you know the the press building that they they. They shot down and all these other places. It's it, it's just horrific, horrific. Yeah, it's really horrific. And then yeah, I was talking to her siblings and her uh, friends, and really, I, I you know while talking to them, I feel that they they just uh, told me that we feel afraid from dying. You know, we want to uh, to live this life, and uh, you know, like you, you can just see like. Uh, Uh, a child who is only four or five years old, and she is talking about uh, death. And it's really devastating, you know, like to, to see such children only think about death. And then also there is another um, child who is only also, I think, 11 or 12 years old. She is uh, Susie Shkontana uh, from uh, Gaza City. And, uh, you know, like uh, all of the time she was uh, sitting with her own family uh, in their home. And whenever she wants to, uh, when she wanted to go to the bathroom, she told her mother, Mom, I don't want to go to the bathroom or because I, I do want to be with you. 
And then uh, her mother told her, no, you should go uh, to the bathroom. Don't worry, if we die, we will die together. And then uh, like uh, her last time, uh, when she went to the bathroom, uh, she, she, she asked her mother, uh, do you think that uh, you are yeah. gonna die and keep me alone? Yeah, then yeah, then her mother said, "No, no, no! I promise you, if oh. I die, I will take you with me. But just go to the bathroom." Yeah, it's really, it's really when the when the girl when her father told me the story, it's really like I cried. You know, it's really hard. Suddenly, uh, an Israeli missile uh, hit their house, and all of the family got murdered, including the mother. And this little girl who went to the bathroom alone, she is the only survivor among her, uh, you the know, family. like uh, her family. And then they also, yeah, yeah, she was, uh, she spent like five, seven hours also oh. on the rubble when they just pulled her from the rubble. She just spent like uh, seven hours. And you can imagine such kids, you know, how, how their life will be, you know, how, how, and then, yeah, and then they accuse us that we teach our children hatred, but they are the one who teach our children hatred because they, they massacred their families in front of their eyes. They just kill them. They just uh, kill their, their happiness. And then they just accuse us of teaching hatred. And they are the teachers. You know, the world hears about Gaza during these strikes. You know, when, when the aggression's not there, because we know that it's, there's aggression always. There's an aggression in many, many different forms. But the aggression that we're seeing now is what the world sees. But then when it's quiet, we know that Israel's doing things to you guys but the media is not picking up. You know, like uh, uh, whenever, I mean, the world maybe think that Gaza is like uh, a country or uh, independent state or something. They don't know that it's uh, only a tiny area in Palestine. It's just uh, 360 kilometers a year. And it's really overcrowded. We can just say that it's the most densely populated area in the world. And it's uh, like the occupation authorities, they just withdraw from it in 2006. And then they just turned it in an open, bigger prison and then impose uh, air, land and the ground siege on it. And uh, due to this uh, long years of, uh, of Israeli siege, we have so many, uh, I mean, every sectors here in, in, in Gaza, uh, you know, and uh, we can say that in, on the brink of collapse, but, uh, uh, but uh, you know, alhamdulillah, we, they, they, they can survive. Uh, but uh, also during these long years of uh, occupy of uh, siege, we, we survived over than uh, for uh, deadly Israeli assault. Uh, and, and, and like we, we have over than 4,000 people got massacred during the, these uh, aggressions. And so many people also got uh, killed or got uh, murdered by uh, the occupation because due to the occupation uh, uh, siege on Gaza. Like the medical things aren't allowed to get in there. So that's another way that Israel's punishing. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, actually so many medical items are, are missing here. We don't have drugs. And here also we don't have so many hospitals here in Gaza. I mean... Uh, so many people, so many patients here in Gaza, they don't have the treatment, treatments here in Gaza. And whenever they want to get out Palestine, get out Gaza, just to take a treatment, actually, it's really so hard for them. Not everybody is allowed to get out and get a treatment. Some, so many people actually got died because they, 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 the Israeli occupation, they don't allow them to exit outside Gaza and get a treatment outside. And uh, at the moment, like we have... Uh, 
according to the Ministry of, of Health, there are so many uh, items, I think like over than 80% of the items are missing here. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, like we, we have COVID-19 also um, before the, the disaggregation, we have COVID-19 and, you know, you can just say that, that we have a fragile system, we have a fragile health system here in Gaza, but um, you, can, you can just say that, uh, uh, that after, after COVID-19, we have another COVID, which is, uh, which is the occupation aggression on Gaza. And this actually exacerbates the condition, exacerbates the health system here. The really, uh, it's really uh, so so bad. I mean, it's really so dangerous here regarding the health system. You know, but is I mean, in the ministry media, they are just trying that to say that or convince the world that we, whenever we uh, punish Gaza, it's because of uh, fight, they fight fight rockets. And then here, you know, like they, they just forget that these uh, these rockets that Palestinians are using just to defend them. It's been 15 years, had two under siege. I mean, it's not something that's just new. We should also say that Hamas is only 30-something years old and the occupation is 73 years old. There's no Hamas firing rockets in the West Bank or East Jerusalem or inside 48. The reality is that this is just the latest straw man argument of Israel to continue the ethnic cleansing and barbarism against the Palestinians. Well, very quickly, two stories that I heard that just speak to a thought process most humans never have to go through. The first one was two brothers. They had two sons each, and they gave one of each other's sons to each other's family. And they said, at least if I die, somebody from my family will live. And the other, son, other brother said, at least if they bomb my family, at least somebody from my side will live. Another one where the families were saying, dress up in your best clothes so that we can go to sleep. And we're all going to sleep together in the same room because if we die, we die together. We're not going to leave anybody behind. And it's that mentality, you know, those thoughts, imagining having those with your own family. But over this last campaign, the Israelis obliterated, removed nine families, nine entire families ceased to exist. Wafat, why don't you tell us, share with us your Nakba story? You know, like uh, my parents and grandparents actually uh, used to live peacefully in, in, in a decent life in, uh, in, in an area in, in, in what is uh, called right now Israel, which is Tel Jamma. It's just a few in, in Beersheba. You know, you know, like they, they got uh, as many Palestinians, thousands of Palestinians get they forced to leave their homes. Uh, you know, like my, my parents and the grandparents like told me many, many stories about uh, their, 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 the horrific things actually that happened to them. They told me that they, we, we just uh, went outside our homes like barefooted and we went, we walked like uh, all, all of the time, like a long, long distance. And uh, we just left everything behind us. And uh, my, my, my grandparents all, always told me that one of the family, one of the mother, uh, like she left uh, her children, one of her children behind her, and uh, she couldn't get back again to her area, to her uh, town, to, to pick him because the Zionist militias at that time, uh, they just invaded the area and, uh, you know, like it did so many 
massacres or, or we can say we, you know, genocide indeed what they did. They told me that they brought the pregnant women and then they just open their, uh, you know, their tummy and then they make like uh, something uh, like pit or something which, uh, you know, like uh, if, if it, this is uh, in her tummy is a girl or a boy and then they just laugh while she is uh, dying and then they laugh at her. And yeah, it's really the, the, all, all of the time that my, my, my grandparents told me this story. And, uh, and indeed, like many, many stories uh, like this and, and many other uh, horrible things. And yeah, they got, uh, you know, got uh, evicted from uh, their home. Uh, their towns and then they came here to Gaza because Gaza was uh, you know like uh, so close to the to their town so they just they came here and lived in a tent and then the owner was just uh, at the very beginning they don't have uh, anything even water or even food they have nothing at all to survive but by the time the owner provided them with the and just some like uh, something like some basic things just to survive like water and like uh, uh, something to eat and that's it and uh, after that they just uh, you know like uh, came here uh, i mean uh, live here for my family lived here in Deir al-Balah town and uh, they started to build and uh, to build their uh, their own home but uh, always my dad told me that every time we we have never think that we are not going to go back to our homeland because uh, we we just uh, built uh, or erect uh, tents at that time because we we always believe that we are going to go back to our homeland this you know this is so inspiring indeed whenever i sit with him he told me that yeah like we are inshallah we are going to go back to our land i told him that you you just said this like since day one you keep saying that you are going to go back and you are 50 75 now and you still dream that you are going to go back to your home and he told me that i will never lose hope and inshallah i will yeah that's beautiful tell us saba beersheba as the israelis call it it's only 35 kilometers from where you are. Yeah, exactly. Of the 2 million Palestinians in, in Gaza. Yeah. But 70% of them can walk home. Yeah. It's a it's a big walk to get from Gaza to to yeah. But it's 35 kilometers. You can do it in a day. Yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, many times we when we went there close to the separation fence, he told me that when we just on a, a hill, he just told me that look at that area. And uh, yeah, that's that area I was I used to go to this area. And there, that was my, uh, you know, our home. In 1948 but you know like just a few kilometers and i can't reach it and even it's really so difficult maybe it's really so easy to me to travel to america or australia or any place across the world and then to go to this uh, this area which is my own town which is my <laughs> the only reason you can't go is because you've got the wrong religion because if you're jewish anywhere in the world they can go there uh, those people are so racist indeed they just do believe that they have all their own state a jewish state without anybody of the, any religion without any people like only but uh, jewish, jewish who are uh, the only guys who should live in israel that's why you know like what is happening right now in, in jerusalem uh, the ethnic cleansing and the, the yeah you know like it's really so different here for palestinians palestinians uh, do believe 
in, in living together. I mean, whether they are Christians, Jews, or anybody, like they are just welcome here in Palestine, but without occupation. Yeah, I mean, like Palestinian, whenever, whenever you ask any, any of the Palestinians here, and they can tell you that everybody is welcome, Christians, Jews, or any, any of these religions, but they don't have to come as occupation. They have to come in a peaceful land. We can just live together. But for those who are in Israel, they just do believe in a Jewish state, like only for, for them. So it's really so racist here. And then we are accused of being racist. <laughs> and it's really, it doesn't make any sense. But the mainstream media, I mean, the media, we saw so many demonstrations across the world. Like we can see like so many, like thousands of people just took the street in, in UK, in US, and another uh, like uh, Western countries, which you, we, we, which win for us. And now you can just see so many. We have the, the power of the social media platforms. I mean, like we, they, they, the, the people are started, you know, to take their uh, sources from the social media platforms. They just follow Palestinian activists and pro-Palestinian activists. They just follow them wherever they are and disabled. It were actually starting, yeah. I had mine disabled too. I had one of mine deleted that had over 100,000 followers and they just deleted it. I had, I had no warning. I had that account for so long yeah. and boom, gone. And they did that to a number of them as well. It's just that the bias is, is horrific. Truth's getting through. That's it. You know, the, the people, you know, just do believe us because we are just uh, uh, telling the truth. And uh, those who lie will never, I mean, the world uh, sooner or later will discover their lies. So this is what is happening now. And the world now knows the truth. And I hope that they can put the pressure on their governments to stop arming Israel because they are still strengthening the, the, the Israeli army until now. Thanks, Wafat. Thanks very much for joining us. Please stay safe and look after your family. Yeah. And inshallah, one day you'll be free and you, your father and you can walk home and live in your home as you deserve to, as do all of the Palestinians. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your effort. We'll speak again. Now make sure you download the podcast, share with your friends. Remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.